Hello and welcome to another Two for Tuesday edition of Phoenix Foundation. You'll still be getting your regularly scheduled episode review this Friday, but today we offer a special bonus interview with Kate Lafferty herself, Darcy Marta, from Season 1, Episode 18, Ugly Duckling. As of this morning, the following interview has been spliced into our review of that episode, but we're also making it available as an a la carte mini-sode for a limited time to those of you who've already heard our thoughts on the full episode. Without further ado, please allow me to present our conversation with Darcy Marta. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. My pleasure. This episode is actually your first credit on IMDb, and I was curious if you had any other uncredited roles before this. Gosh, I, you know what? I never even really bothered to pay attention to IMDb too yeah. much. Um, I know I, I did a, a number of different episodes of things, and so I don't really know what's on there. Um, that was my first bigger part. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I had things like, oh, like a couple of rock videos and some movies of the week and some smaller parts on uh like episodics and stuff but okay. so I, i'm sorry i didn't bother really to look at it oh no that's fine um do you mm-hmm. do you remember what the audition process was like for macgyver yeah it was really it was really fun um i remember uh i read for the casting director and then she brought me back for the director and the executive producer was out of town so i had to wait a couple of days and then I had to go back in and read for Henry Winkler, who was executive producer on that. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, the way I, when I was working back in Hollywood, um, uh, I was I was older, and I didn't tell anybody my age because I looked so much younger. So I couldn't. It was really hard for me to get work for my age. So I was twenty. I think I was like, 28 at the time, and I was. I told everybody I was a 19-year-old girl, <laughs> so I could audition for 14-year-old, 16-year-old roles. Yeah, is yeah. what I was doing. Yeah, they, they. It's harder to get away with that now than it was back then. So I would never tell anybody my age because I was just telling everybody I was 19 all the time, <laughs> except for when I met Henry Winkler, because he was used to that whole thing from Happy Day. He looked at me and he goes, "How old are you really?" And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so he goes, he goes, I'm going to follow you around and find out how old you really are. Like, stop it. Stop it. Because I had to keep acting like a 19-year-old. So it was very sweet. It was very sweet. How much of yourself do you see in the character of Kate Lafferty? Uh, I think, you know, her sensitive side, her that she doesn't want anybody to see, that was, that's a quality I possess. Yeah. You know, that I, I accept that I have this whole sensitive side. So that would be a quality. And as for the computer, Totally not me at all. No, no, and I and my son and I laugh. My son is actually really, really uh, smart with computers. He's he's. A, I always kid that he's a computer genius because I did that part. Yeah, <laughs> I know nothing about computers. How did you ever play that role? I said, well, this is a long time ago. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's funny. Nothing, nothing about technical anything. So it was very funny. <laughs> Do you happen to remember where any of your scenes were shot for this? Um, the exterior shots were all done the same place. Was it Airwolf that they, was that a TV show, Airwolf? Yeah, the yeah, team? a lot of the same. Yeah, it was up, up near Magic Mountain. There was an area that they used to use quite a bit for exterior scenes and action movies and action TV shows. So yeah. We did a lot, yeah, we did a lot of it up there. And then I think it was College of the Canyon, which was up in the Southern California area, same oh, okay. area. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other fun stories you recall from the set? Well, it was 
like I said, I was older, so I was, you know, 28, but I was pretending to be 19, could play this younger kid role. So everybody would treat me like I was a 19-year-old kid, which was, it was both good and, and a little frustrating. So Richard Dean Anderson was such a gentleman. He was so sweet. And so he was treating me like I was this, you know, this kid on the set. And he's like, hold on, let's look at my dog. I'll give you a ride in my Jeep. And all this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really sweet because he was acting like a really good older brother, you know, with this kid on, on the set who had so much to do. And, um, and I hadn't worked that. I hadn't had that much experience, which I had told him. So he gave me some lovely pointers, especially with the outdoor shots. When we were in, riding in the Jeep, he was like, you know, you've really got to project. Because I know you're, it's an emotional scene for you. He goes, but really project. You're going to spend a lot of time in the sound studio if you if you don't project over all the ambient sound. So yeah, trying to match really, everything up he, later. Exactly. He was, he was really helpful and just so sweet to work with. And, uh, but I liked his good brother quality a lot. That was really, really fun. It made it really fun for me. That's cool. Yeah, it was really nice. What did you think of the episode when you finally saw it? Oh, I really, really liked it. I liked it so much. And uh, and I was really sad when we were working because we were working one day and um, one of the, I think it was uh, the stage manager came to me and he said, oh, the executive producer is going to come and see you. I'm, and I'm really sorry that I cannot remember his name. John um, Rich? Yeah, he produced Gunsmoke. Was um, that the guy? One of the older studio producers. Yeah. One of the older studio producers was going to come down and and visit me and say hello to me on the set. And I didn't I didn't get that. You know, they were like, so-and-so is going to come and see you. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice. He goes, no, no, you have to understand. He produced Gunsmoke, and he's going to come and see you. I'm like, oh, okay. And I suddenly <laughs> got really nervous. I wasn't sure what it was. And so this older guy comes down, and he started telling me about my work on the show and how much he liked my work on the show and um which was just super flattering to have him bother to come from the office out there sure and so the um i think the main reason he came out to talk to me was i had i used to swear a lot if something didn't go right like in between cut takes you know like we'd be doing a take and all of a sudden they go cut they have to fix the light or something and i go and I'd let out some, you know, big, huge swear word, oh, crap, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And they, and they were all fine on the set, you know, whatever, because it was, you know, it's all a bunch of guys that didn't care. But I didn't realize that just because they called cut doesn't mean that the camera doesn't keep rolling. Yeah. <laughs> so he said that they were all in the, you know, in the viewing room watching the dailies, and they'd see this really cute little girl all of a sudden go, <laughs> oh, shit, right? And I was doing it constantly, <laughs> so he came out to let me know. Oh, by the way, you know, the camera keeps rolling even though we call that. So that was really <laughs> helpful. He's like, oh, you know, you swear like a truck driver. Did you realize that? Like, oh, I didn't know anybody could do it. <laughs> so that was very, very sweet, very helpful. And um, and I was kind of disappointed because they said they wanted to bring that character back because they really liked Richard Dean Anderson's energy matched with my character's energy. Yeah, yeah. They liked they liked the two of them. They liked the way I looked like a little mini version of them, a little female mini version. So they had planned to bring her back, and then they unfortunately never did. So, oh, that's too bad. That would have been a fun episode. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been a nice follow-up. But, you know, that's, I think that they go along the storyline, and that's the way it goes. So anyway, so yeah, there you go. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this. Um, the, the creator of the show, Lee David Zlodoff, 
um, recently has been trying to pitch a, a female-led reboot. And I've heard more than nice. one fan of the show say this should be the Kate Lafferty show. Like it should just follow up with that character since you were basically, like you said, the mini MacGyver of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it would just make sense to follow her story. Oh, sweet. Well, I'm sure they'll get somebody younger than me now. So I'll have to be my own mother. Well, you I, can pitch that to him. Yeah, I think they're still, they're still, um, they, they took a bunch of uh, pitches for it. So they're trying to narrow it down to the show that they want to move forward with. But I, I thought that would oh, be a great idea. That would be an awesome idea. She was, I thought she was such a great, fiery character. You know, when I was working a lot, I used to work because I could, I was a good crier. I was really good at crying. Um, and so that's, that's what got me work both in theater and, and television is that maybe being a little bit older, I was in command of my emotions, and so I wasn't afraid of being angry or, sure. or sad. But the thing I liked about that character was that even though she would cry, she was still determined. Yeah. And she still kept, yeah, that's, and I thought that was wonderful. And I've had so many people see that character I think I was years later. I was in a at a Mets game in New York City, and somebody like two rows behind me says, "Hey, weren't you on MacGyver?" Well, one of the great things about the character is just that um, so many of the episodes deal with MacGyver having like a sidekick type character, and he's having to save people over and over again. But in this episode, the only time he's really saving you, you're already kind of saving yourself because you're like welding these bars open to get out of the prison that they've set up for you. It just, right. it spoke volumes about the character that it's like, she didn't really even need MacGyver to come help her. Like she was going to get out of this situation either way. Right, right. Exactly. I remember during that episode too, they were really um, concerned about safety because they needed to have the shot of me doing the welding and I had yeah. to just turn away a certain way. And it wasn't welding at all, but um, they made it look really great the yeah. way it worked out. So. Yeah, they were talking a lot about that, that she had to be innovative. And at one point, the director said, okay, we looked at this little shed room, and they had all this stuff hanging all over it. He goes, okay, go in there and just figure out how to get out. <laughs> he goes, you like, figure something out? And I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> just thinking. I'm looking at the tools going, I don't know. I don't know. They didn't end up using that scene because um, they had to cut that. But that was the kind of opportunities they would give her. Oh, so they just rolled on, on you, like, going through the tools that were in the room and trying to figure out your own Yeah, layout. Yeah, like, what could, I, what could I do? You know, like, I had to go through the tools and walk around the room and look at it, and they were just going to, they just rolled a little bit and let me kind of explore the room. Sure. And then, um, yeah, so I thought that was really, really a fun idea. Yeah, that's a neat way to approach the scene. Yeah, very, very fun. And, of course, then there was the cactus incident where we showed up at the set, the, the hillside where the cactuses were, and in that particular area, there's no cactuses. Oh. So, set, so the set dressers had to dress the set, you know, they had to plant some cacti and that would work for this idea. And we show up, and they had put the cactuses all in a straight line along the hillside. <laughs> we showed up, and the director was so funny, he goes, no, it doesn't look right. You can't do that. <laughs> this isn't a cactus so garden. To, yeah, so they did dig up the cactuses and then replant them while we're we're waiting, you know, and that that kind of stuff is that eats up time on the set to do that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You gotta film, so they were like scrambling to dig it up, replant it, and uh, make it look make it look natural-ish. And while they had us out there, because we didn't have time to drive the actors all the way back, fix the set, and drive us all the way back again, so we had to hang out. So while we're hanging out, waiting for them to 
we plant the cactuses, Richard Dean Anderson looks at me and goes, okay, you're, you're the little science queen. How do you, how do you hook up the radio to the cactus? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. So we were trying to figure out how would it, how do we make this look? How do we make this work? Yeah. So, yeah, we, it was kind of fun. He would get that a lot. They would give him ideas and not necessarily explain to him the whole way to do it. He had to figure out a lot of stuff or research it himself. That's pretty but neat. He, every, every, yeah, everything he said in his script, he told me was feasible, but they wouldn't necessarily give him the instructions that go along with the idea. They just said, yeah, you can do this, and that would be, he would have to figure it out kind of himself, which yeah. is kind of funny. And then there was a and the explosion where we had to we blew up the, the shotgun. Yes, by reflecting the light on it. Yeah. And that was one of those that was another technical acting thing for me that I learned there, which is which Dean said, Okay, you get one take and one take only. So we had to walk through just where to stand, right when I think my character turned around and said, Gosh, it really worked or something. Oh yeah. But I had to stand up I had to be in just the right position, so we just had to mark it. We had to keep marking it before we actually did it because yeah. you know, we're not going to blow up five jeeps just for one line. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Right, right. So you don't get multiple takes a lot of times on action movies or action TV especially. You don't get multiple takes. you got to figure it out, mark it, and then market it means by kind of walking through it and saying your line over and over so you know exactly where you're going to stand when you're going to do it. Yeah. And then they blow the thing out. Yeah. So. That's very cool. Yeah. It was huh. really fun. That was really fun. Uh, the last television credit that you have on, on your internet movie database page is for an episode of Murphy Brown, um, which was actually oh, yeah. directed by John Rich, the, the executive producer from MacGyver. I was curious if that was a coincidence. Um, it was a coincidence, actually. It was a it was a coincidence, and um, and I know we never got a chance to talk about it because Louis Maul was on that, and Gary Marshall was on that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it was a really that was a really busy episode, and my part went from bigger to smaller because uh, that was a funny episode because they were Gary Marshall, they were improvising quite a bit on that, and so <laughs> sure. they, we had to keep changing the scenes around. It was very funny. But that was a fun show to work on, too. And actually, speaking of uh, improvising, I, I was kind of curious about uh, one line in particular from your MacGyver episode where yeah. uh, you quote uh, the Musketeers and then MacGyver kind of calls back to it. And it um, just it just feels really improvised. It feels like you guys just worked that out on the spot. We, we did because he hated that. Um, Richard Dean hated that line. <laughs> and he looks at me, he looked at me and goes, Okay, Darcy, is this really hokey? And I said, Yeah, it is really hokey. <laughs> uh, I said, It's super hokey. And he goes, Now, kids don't talk this way anymore, do they? I said, Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and here I am, like 28, but then he's 19, right? Like, absolutely not. Kids do not talk that way. So he goes, Well, how are we going to make this work? And so we talked about a variety of different ways we could do it. And so that's, that's the one we came up with. Like, we'll just act like a couple of dorks and find ourselves looking kind of dorky. That's <laughs> yeah, great. Okay. And he just laughed like, I yeah. can't believe you said that. Yeah, I can't believe you said that. I think we, I think we ended up throwing that in there. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an improvised line. We threw that in there. That's great. To, to make, yeah, to make it look like, what? What do you think? This is silly. Yeah. <laughs> like, he really, really disliked that whole line. Yeah. 
yeah, so we had to make it, uh, we had to make it look like we just got carried away with ourselves. Yeah. And uh, what are you up to these days? Um, I do a variety of things. I taught acting uh, for television and film for years in New York City. I moved to New York City. I was directing and producing theater because um, I wasn't doing, I did a lot of theater in, in LA on a small scale at a beautiful little theater company. For a long time when I was doing TV, I could do TV during the day and theater at night. And then I moved to New York City. Um, I produced and directed a lot of theater. And then I taught at the Lee Strasberg Institute, which is a formidable acting school yeah, yeah. over in New York. Yeah. So I taught their television and film acting classes. Um, and the nice thing was I could really help the students segue between theater, understanding how to act in theater, and putting that on camera and yeah. how to make that make those styles of them. So yeah, it's a completely different there. acting. Yeah, I mean you just you know, it's it's all the same basic understanding of preparation. I used to explain it to people like you're on stage, you're a lighthouse, you have a huge beam out to the audience, and then when you're on camera you're a laser beam. It's right to your scene partner. So I could just help them direct their energy. Yeah. And that and yeah, and find stillness and I teach them camera techniques and close up techniques, et cetera. I did that for a long time, and then um, I had a baby, had a child, and uh, after September 11th, I didn't feel like having my child in New York City. I moved back to L.A., and I did a lot of behind-the-scenes work, work in production work quite a bit. And then now I, I, uh, I still teach acting classes, so I teach a lot of students. Um, I do a lot of uh, hypnotherapy for people, and occasionally... I will do some acting when I have a friend to ask me, can you do a part? I just did a small film part for someone recently who was just creating an idea. So That's cool. But I don't have a heck of a lot of time for it. Um, sure. Although it's been coming up more and more, so your, your phone call is funny because I had somebody else just asked me recently if I would consider reading for them, so maybe it's something I have to think about again. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think that's everything uh, we wanted to cover today. I want to thank you again for sharing so much of your time with us. I, I, the fans are really going to love this interview. I think you got a lot of good behind-the-scenes information for us. Oh, wonderful. I hope so. Well, good. I'm glad you guys are having fun with it. That makes me feel great. Sure. Thank you again. Have a nice day. You're welcome. You right. too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thank you so much, uh, Darcy, for being on our show. It was a really a lot of good information. We always get such great interviews from people yeah i and, every uh, time i'm nervous when going into it like i don't know how much this person cared about their macgyver appearance and every time it's like well they probably wouldn't have gotten back to me if they didn't have this much to say but yeah. i thought it was really fun yeah good times uh i, I really like to hear always the stories i think we say this every time we have an interview but the about how much fun richard dean anderson is yeah and it, the 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 impressions of him the impersonations that we get from people have been pretty consistent that he's mm-hmm. like just real jokey and sarcastic on set and just an all-around nice guy. Um, there was one question I, I neglected to ask her in the interview. I texted her after. Um, and basically, I, I wanted to know if Kate was supposed to be a high school or a college student. And uh, she texted me a response. She said she was supposed to be only 14 or 15, so she would have just been an early high school student. But because she was so smart, she was studying at the college level for some subjects. That's why she didn't have any friends her age. I think all that info got cut. So, yeah. um, and the, and you could probably infer some of that stuff from the episode. Yeah. Um, but I still think it was good information to have because we were certainly wondering at what what level she was supposed to be. And like she said, they did shoot it at the College of the Canyon, so it was a college computer course classroom. Mm-hmm. It just was supposed to be a high school because 
they didn't have a high school classroom that they could shoot in for it, which right. totally makes sense. It's just a limitation of the locations. But um, yeah, we just want to thank you again, Darcy, for for speaking with us, and uh, yeah, we that was, it was useful information and mm-hmm. uh, fun to hear about. And it's really too bad they couldn't get their stuff together and put another Kate Lafferty episode in the oh, books. Oh, uh, yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, and, it would have been nice to see and, her come back. Yeah, that would have been a good pitch, too, for the the new MacGyver. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, I'm sure someone must have done it. Yeah. It I'm sure somebody did it. Somebody sent that in, and it just didn't get picked up. So, But good luck to all the contestants who did get picked up. And that about wraps it up for this edition of Two for Tuesday. Stay tuned this Friday for our review of Season 2, Episode 7, The Road Not Taken. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.